Welcome everybody to episode six, So You're Gonna Die. And today I am interviewing someone, like I said I would. Uh, this would be at the Islamic Center of Colorado Springs. And I am interviewing Camille, and I've already forgotten your last name. El Wazir. El Wazir. I'm gonna try to get that okay. right before this is over. <laughs> I got an hour to, to get El Wazir. See, I can't. Well, oh, okay. El Wazir. El Wazir. I'm not even a minute in, but we'll, we'll get there. We'll right. get there. So. Uh, just right off the bat, let's just talk about, because um, again, I want to apologize to you, anybody who's going to listen to this, I'm an idiot when it comes to anything, when it comes to almost all the world's religions, and so definitely when it comes to the Islamic religion, I'm a big idiot, and so there's questions that I ask that are going to be uh, upsetting, it's not my intention, it's just because I'm an idiot, so we'll correct them though, as we go along, if that happens. Um, so... Camille, tell me about uh, when you first felt your faith. Can you put your finger on the time of your life when that happened? Uh, I grew up as a Muslim. I was born to a Muslim family. And I was born in Qatar. That's over in the Middle East, uh, bordering Saudi Arabia. So I grew up as a Muslim, going to Arabic schools and uh, part of the Arabic schools they introduce religion so they teach us the Quran which is the holy book of the Muslims they is that a completely religious school or are you no, also no, learning no, like no. all and, and other actually like, and an, like an elementary school here for us m most of the Arab Islamic countries in their public schools they teach all the <coughs> science math geography all, all of these things and in addition to religion so it's part of the curriculum did any idea of a university happen with the Arab world uh, what is it again? Like the idea of a university happened in the Arab world, like, and I'm just from trying to think. Like an Islamic university? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's plenty like, of. If you let's like say back in history, like you've we didn't have universities per se in the so-called Western world at that time. Yeah, actually, if you've heard, if you've ever heard of the Al Azhar University in Egypt, that's the one. Very very old, old. university, and it, it used to teach all kind of science and knowledge and, and specifically the Islamic faith knowledge so what how old were you when you would when you would start the school uh, six years old six years so yeah. normal six life. years uh, first grade uh, in first grade they basically just teach you reading the Quran maybe memorizing <coughs> and which by the way we we practice it here in Colorado Springs we have a Sunday school okay. for the kids that are born <coughs> that are growing up in America mm -hmm. in order to, besides what they're taught at home, we have kind of like a part-time Sunday school, three hour a week for the kids to come in and read the Quran, memorize it, know the basics of the faith. So kind of like- Would you be doing it in, in Arabic? Would you, are you teaching them in Arabic? Actually in English. In English? In English, because most of the community members, if, uh, they're not Arabic speakers. And even for the Arab kids that are born in in this country, they they barely speak Arabic. Yeah, yeah. They understand their parents just like all the languages they understand, but they cannot speak. Sure. Is, would that would be because I know like uh, I've seen uh, kids read the Torah, so they have to learn some Hebrew. Hebrew, that's but they're right. not going to be using Hebrew out that's in the right, streets. Yeah. yeah. So here. see, with the with <laughs> the Islamic faith, it's it's a little different because part of what we uh, practice throughout the day is the five daily prayers. Mm -hmm. 
and the five daily prayers have to be recited in Arabic. So okay, let's say so you would learn those. You have to learn at least the basics that mm. will enable you to say your prayers. So let's say uh, Ed decides to accept Islam. Mm -hmm. So the first thing we teach you is how to say your prayers in Arabic. So and we'll give you that with the translation. So when you're performing and when you're reciting the Quran, you will understand what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, so you started at six, and then what is? When did you go? Did you have a sense of even being raised in an Islamic family? Did you have a sense of your faith at that time, or was it just because everybody else was doing it? And then when did it become like a personal event? Like when did you feel your faith personal to you? If you can put your finger on. Sure. Uh, it's it's really hard for me to tell, but for example, being born, let's say being born in a in a Jewish country, Jewish faith. You grow up as a Jewish, and all what you know is about Judaism. It will be hard for you because, you know, you, you grew up with it. Uh, and for me, born and raised in a Muslim country, Muslim family, uh, it was just part of my daily life. But I think, to answer your question, I think I, I started, because uh, I remember I used to pray even way before going to school. At age five, I used to say the prayers. Uh, I used to hang out with family and friends that would always uh, remind us, okay, it's time to pray, let's go ahead and do it. And we do prayers in congregation. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember watching uh, Mecca on TV. And Mecca is the holiest place on earth for, for the Muslims. And that's where we believe the prophet Abraham built the Kaaba or the house of God. Uh, which is now known as Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember seeing it on TV, watching a lot of people come during the pilgrimage season. So I think that was uh, kind of like the start for me. When is a pilgrimage season? It's uh, in the Muslim faith, we follow a lunar calendar, and the lunar calendar is 12, 12 months. Mm -hmm. uh, pilgrimage season is the 12th month of the year. So yeah. only in that month, or would you make your pilgrimage? That's right, and it's once in the lifetime. Mm -hmm. So if you allow me, just to give you a basic understanding of the Islamic faith. Sure. Uh, the word Islam is an Arabic word which uh, goes back to the root uh, peace and it also the word submission. So when you say Islam, it's the name of the religion, okay. just like Christianity okay. or Judaism. Muslim is the person that follows that faith, just like Christian. Okay. Muslim or Jewish. Uh, Islam. You would want me to say then you're m Muslim. Exactly, yes. Not uh, Islamic. Not, not Islamic. Uh, you could describe a culture or a country okay. as an Islamic country, Islamic culture, so that helps helps out a little bit. So, so automatically that changes my conception right off the bat. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> so Muslim. Because I was thinking one in the same. <laughs> that's right. So Muslim means a person that submits his will to God. So I'm a Muslim. It means I submit my will to God. And in the same, uh, since we're talking about the word Muslim, uh, the word peace, Islam, when you walk into, let's say, the mosque and this group of people, or in any country, when two guys meet, the first thing they say, Assalamu alaikum. That's the greeting of the Muslims across the world. Uh, Assalamu alaikum means peace be on you. Mm. And you respond back, you say, Wa alaikum salam, meaning, and unto you be peace. So, uh, p 
piece is. And that's bigger than a hello. Uh, way bigger than a hello, yes. So when you greet someone, you tell them peace is on you. You know, it indicates that you're approaching them with peace and hopefully love. You don't know what's in someone's heart, but mm. uh, greeting with peace is a big deal in the, in the Muslim tradition. Uh, Islam is a religion and it's considered one of the Abrahamic faiths. Uh, we consider Abraham to be the father of the prophets. So in Islam, we believe in Moses, we believe in Judaism and Christianity and Jesus. We believe in the virgin birth of Jesus. And that was God's words spoken to Mary who had Jesus mm. without even marrying someone. So he, his, birth, his birth itself was a miracle. And we believe that Jesus uh, was not crucified. Uh, he was resurrected alive into heaven. Uh, when they decided to crucify him, God saved him and that Jesus will be coming back. So the Muslims believe in the, in the second return of Jesus. And when he- What does that mean for the Muslim faith? Okay, so when Jesus comes back, he's gonna rule with justice and he's gonna rule with God's commands. And he's gonna give justice to those who are waiting for justice. So for us, we long to his coming because he is a follower of God. He's a man of God and he's gonna uh, put justice and peace on earth for all of those who are looking for justice. Mm -hmm. And we believe that Jesus never told his followers to to accept him as God or as the son of God. He, he was sent by God with a mission and that's to tell people, and this is the message that all the prophets came with, worship God alone. Don't worship idols, don't worship your desires, don't worship your, your lifestyles, you worship God alone. And that understand that you are here on this life for a very short period of time. And we mean by that 60, 70, 100 years, sure. live as long as you want, but we're all gonna die <laughs> and we're gonna go meet God. And thanks, because the whole part, name of this podcast is So You're Gonna it's, Die. It's, oh, oh, that's actually, we are, as, as Muslims, we are encouraged to keep this, the death scenario between our eyes every single day because that helps us be better people and that encourages us to do good in our lives. Short life, we will live it and either we're good or bad people. So if we know that we're gonna die and we have to prepare for your hereafter, mm -hmm. so that tells you you better be a good person. Now let me see if I get this, this phrasing right okay. from what I've just learned, and I probably won't. It's okay. But let's see if we do. So in the Islamic faith, as a Muslim, what's the first principle that you would think that your religion brings like, all right, here's your foundation. Foundation, God is one. God is one is gonna be And he is right the up. only one without a partner. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the pillars of uh, Islam, there are five pillars. No one can be a Muslim without practicing these five. The number one, and it is the most important, the testimony of faith. Two, testify that there's no God worthy of worship except Allah alone without a partner. And Allah is the Arabic word for God. Okay. Now, the Arab Christians refer to God as Allah. In Egypt, in Lebanon, in Iraq, when they say their prayers, they refer to God as Allah. And they, 
Is that because they're speaking Arabic? Yeah, because they're speaking Arabic. So Allah is not the God only for the Arabs. Sure. God or it's Allah a, is the creator. The that you would have to use. Exactly. It's the greatest name for God. And in the Islamic religion, we believe that God has 99 names and attributes. Wow. Meaning that God, the, the number one name is Allah. That's how he described himself in the Quran. So that's the first foundation. God when, is one. When did, how long did you, does that process take? How long does, would you sit, when you were six and you're going, Actually, or even before, you, before you even showed up at that, at that school, did you already have that foundation? We try to raise, or we, we, we raise our kids mm. on the testimony of faith. Sure. I don't want to ask personally about you. Okay. Just on this particular Sure, case. yeah. I, uh, so when did, I you, when did you know that that principle was set in okay, stone? Okay, I remember when I was a little kid, I used to, uh, when watching the wars on TV, I used to think that the God of this country is fighting with the God of that other country. I truly, I still remember that. And when I grew up, there was a verse in the Quran that says, that God has never taken a partner and he never had any other gods with him. So that defeats, for example, the Greek concept of gods, God of love, God of hate, God of this, God of that. There's only one God. So mm -hmm. in Arabic, and I'm gonna recite it in Arabic, it sure. says, God has never taken a son. And he never had a partner with him as a God. If it was so, then every God would have taken what he has created. And everyone would say, I'm better than you. So now going back to, you know, my, my childhood, but of course, growing up and reading the Quran and understanding that the the faith itself is all built on the oneness of God. Whether you're practicing Muslim or not, there's 1.5 billion Muslims around the world. And I guarantee you that there's a lot of Muslims that don't practice, sure. but they all share the same concept that God is one. God is the creator. God is the sustainer. God is the cherisher, uh, the God of mercy, the God of love, etc. What would you find the, the hardest part about being a Muslim with those five pillars where where it was like, yeah, I, I really have to live by this now, <laughs> as opposed to, I haven't recited. Okay, so going back to the pillars of sure. Islam, the number one is the testimony of faith, and it consists of two parts. So God is one, and he's the only one worthy of worship, and that Muhammad is his last servant and messenger. So with all the prophets that came along, Muhammad, the son of Abdullah, he was the last messenger of God on earth and the last prophet. So then all the prophets in, in uh, Islamic faith then just were leading up to him. Yes. Uh -huh. So every, every teaching, every lesson was so that when he comes, you're prepared. Exactly. And the second one is the performance of the five daily prayers. So... You would say you how have to pray at least five times a day. You have to pray five times That's a day. That's a minimum. Minimum. No, actually, okay, so these are the obligatory prayers. <clears throat> and in the Muslim faith or Muslim religion, 
we pray five times a day unless you have an illness, you have a sickness, but you still, and as I showed you earlier, uh, the Muslim way of praying, uh, it's an obligatory prayer, it consists of standing up, bowing down, and prostrating just on the so, ground. Just so everybody knows, I'm actually interviewing him in a mosque. The only mosque in Colorado Springs. The only mosque in I think Colorado I might have said it in the beginning, but I just want to make sure that that's clear. Because, and we, we, we will go on with this, but when you were saying like, uh, any house of religion that I've been into, there's a lot more going on in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's not much, not much going on, especially <laughs> it's a working day, it's 9.30 in the morning, so, yeah. Yeah, and the building is really cold. <laughs> Right, Which so pillar is that? When, when does the heat pillar come? That's <laughs> 6 o'clock. Right, so the so anyway, back to what you're saying. Sorry the first, to interrupt. The first, pr first prayer is at the crack of dawn in the morning. Uh, right now, it's uh, roughly at 4.30. So you, you have to know when the sun comes up. That's right. And that helps us out in the, in the third pillar, which is the fasting of Ramadan. Let's go back to that first prayer, though. Sure. Was that a normal event, though, when this all started, when when this religion became a religion where it was like a practicing faith was like, no. hey, we start that day at that no. moment. Okay, when Islam came, uh, Prophet Muhammad was sent with the message roughly 600 years after Jesus. Okay. Uh, and in our faith, we learned that every time people or the, the dominant aspect of their life is infidelity, when people worship idols, when people start denying... Which is your idea of infidelity, then? Uh, well, I mean, no. Well, I'm not saying you're speaking for all of, sure. all yeah, of yeah. the Muslim world heroes, though, but, but when you say infidelity in, in America, we're not thinking yeah. of idols. <laughs> well, yeah, see, that's... That's, that, that, that's not the first thing... Well, let's just say, I'm not speaking for all of America. I don't think yeah. of... See, I'm, I'm okay. not, not referring to America as infidelity, sure. but at that time... When Prophet Muhammad came, the main... Uh, I think of infidelity as man and wife. No, and no, 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 no. That's, again, again, no, I'm just saying, not everybody's thinking. My thinking was that way. Okay, not, so, people are listening to this. Because, you know, one of the misconceptions... So when you say infidelity, the, and you said that false idol, I was like, oh, that's a totally different definition. See, that's one of the misconceptions about Muslims. They say they believe, and, and actually... They, they refer to a verse in the Quran where Muslims believe that they have to kill all infidels. And that's false idols is, though, is what that's saying. Uh, if you go back to the, the roots of that word or wh when did it happen, uh, you know, I don't want to get into history, but sure. just to clarify, we don't refer to Christians and Jews as infidels. And there's absolutely no mention in the Quran of infidels. Uh, we refer to Jews and Christians as people of the book, meaning they had books and revelations from God, and they followed their revelations. So we refer to Jews and Christians as people of the book, and we don't refer to them as infidels. This is wrong. So in your in your in your life, then, when you when you think of somebody who's a Christian or from the Jewish faith, they were just following the same books that you were. They just stopped at a certain part of the message. And the other part is that there was a lot of alterations and changes in, in the Bible, for example. Yeah, better and believe it. That's not <laughs> the case with the Quran. The Quran, we believe that God, in the Quran states that he has revealed the Quran and he will 
protect it personally. So there's no Old and New Testament? No, not at all. Actually, there is one version of the Quran, and I'm talking about the Arabic version. Okay. So you go to any country in the world, you go to some museums that have very old Qurans in them. It's the exact same Quran that we recite right now in 2019 in Colorado Springs. Uh, so going back to the first point, prayer. Sorry. No, actually, God sent, God sent prophets every time people denied God's existence. And when, when okay. Pharaoh in Egypt used to say, I am God, God sent Moses uh, and told him, you're not God. And he defeated him and Pharaoh drowned. Mm -hmm. And in the Quran, God says that Allah will protect his body and his body is laying down in one of the museums in Egypt. Uh, that Pharaoh who used to claim that he is God. And then later on in life, Jesus came and he was telling people, follow God the creator, God in heaven. You follow his commands and you will survive. This life that we're in is a very transitional life. The true life is the hereafter where you live with, there's no death, there's no sickness. Uh, is it, would you call it heaven? Yes, uh -huh. okay. in Arabic we call it Jannah, which is paradise. Paradise, Yes. Okay. And it's God himself created is there paradise. A, is there also in, in the Islamic faith, is there a hell? Yes, there is hell. What's there that is one heaven. called? Uh, Jahannam. Jahannam. I like hell yeah. better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or an nar. N-A-R-R. Nar. Nar is fire. Oh, yeah. that doesn't sound very and good. It, it, what is the first one? What, is that, what does that translate to? Uh, Jannah. Yeah. Paradise. Paradise. J-A-N. And A H Jannah. All right. So and then hell is fire for is fire or Jahannam. Yes. No, Jahannam. Jahannam. Yes. Which is fire. Jahannam. Which well, those are really close together. They're for my ears. <laughs> I'm just well, saying for my ears. There's a thin line between <laughs> Jannah and Jahannam. Well, so there always is. It's always the rub yeah. with these with all of these principles. So I'm like man. Yeah. So 600 years after Jesus departed to heaven and God saved him from the from people to crucify him. There were crucifixions that happened, but the Quran teaches us that they crucified uh, someone that looked like Jesus, and God had saved Jesus, <coughs> and he is still alive. Jesus has never tasted death, according to the Islamic teaching. Mm -hmm. So Muhammad came, and there were people that used to follow the original teachings of Jesus at that time, uh, that God is one, and there's no concept of the Son or the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, the three in one. So uh, in Islam, like I said, it's the oneness of God. Muhammad came reinforcing the teachings of the prophets before him, and he refers to them as his brothers, uh, Moses and Jesus and Noah and many of the other prophets. S very similar stories mentioned in the Quran that are in the, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Noah's Ark and how he was building the ark in the, in the desert. And he, he, people used to make fun of him. Uh, why are you building a, a ship in the desert? And he told them, if you don't follow God's commands, you're gonna drown. And they used to make fun of him. And not even his own son was, was able to, to be saved because he denied God. Uh, so Muhammad came to tell people, worship God alone. The first 13 years of Islam, there was never a single command to pray or fast or do pilgrimage. 13 years. Why would that? Because 
the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, was working on the foundation to tell people, worship God alone in heaven. That's it. Why do you say peace be, about, uh, be upon him when you say his name? Uh, when we mention the prophets as a respect to their... For all of them. For all of them. Moses, peace be upon him. Jesus, peace be upon him. Yep. Mary, peace be upon her. Although she would, we don't think she was a prophet, but she was the mother, the mother of, of, Jesus. of Jesus. And Muhammad, peace be upon him. So, do you consider the mother of Muhammad in the same view as no, Mary? No, no, she was just a, a regular lady in the desert. Mm. Uh, his dad died before he was born. Uh, his mom was born. Oh, actually, his mom died when he was six years old. Oh wow! And he was raised by his grandfather, and then his uncle took care of him after the passing of his. And even though his uh, uncle wasn't a Muslim at that time, he still used to, he has a very well reputation. He was a very successful businessman, uh, a tribal leader in Mecca. And he himself did not accept the message of Islam that Muhammad, peace be upon him, came with. Did he ever? No, he never did. And even <coughs> on his deathbed, his, the prophet went to him and he said, uncle, say the words. Say, la ilaha illallah. Say that there's no God but Allah. So I could, in the day of judgment, testify for you and intercede before God. But he said, I'm sorry, I can't do it because of the people around him. He was too arrogant to say it and, and, and accept the oneness of God. And uh, is that a lesson within, the, within your uh, religion? Of course. Of, of that father, son, uncle, no relationships absolutely it's a personal will, event that's will, will benefit you in the day of yeah. judgment yeah, your father event. could be an imam or a priest or a rabbi is an imam a priest it's not a priest us. okay in, in islam there's no clergy so anyone that leads a prayer uh, we say imam okay uh, but it's known what does that, that word translate to do we imam is leader a exactly leader. a leader but nowadays, if you have an imam in a big mosque, <coughs> like let's say in Denver, mm -hmm. an imam would be a qualified person that has more than just the basic knowledge of Islam to be able to bring the community together, to share his knowledge and teach. So he starts the service as a leader or he just leads the service? Okay, in, in, in the five daily prayers, it consists of we start with the, the beginning of time, and that starts with the Adhan. The Adhan is the call to prayer. So if you've ever traveled to the Middle East, five, I have not. five times a day, you hear the call to prayers. And I could do it if you want. It takes I've heard it in Detroit. In, <laughs> in, in Dick's, actually. Is it, was it in Dick's? Because they do it in, in speakers. I've heard it in Maryland, in yeah. Baltimore, really? Maryland. Yeah. I was passing by, and uh, I googled the mosque, and I attended a service there. And I was surprised that they have say, a call for prayer. Call for, call for prayer on speakers outside on the street. Yeah. I'm like, this wouldn't fly in call. The, the uh, area in Detroit where you can hear it is in Hamtramck, which is yeah. ironic because it was originally a very Catholic Polish really? community. That's and it. now it's almost called Somalian. Close to Dearborn? Close to Dearborn? Yeah, well, I'm just saying, like, within the kind of Detroit city limits. I see, I see. The yeah. suburbs, yeah, you can. Yeah. Yeah, so the call to prayer, if you don't mind. Is there a call to prayer in Denver? 
uh, inside. Is there, is there mosque? Yeah, there's egg? there's plenty. Is there more than one mosque in Denver? Yeah, there's about eleven of them. Eleven. Uh, okay, that's the good. Largest that two. community's pretty big. Well, it is. Yes, uh, uh, the largest mosque on Parker Road uh, houses almost two thousand people. All right, let's hear a call to prayer, and then I also, if you can, translate it. Sure. I'm assuming this yeah. is going to come at me in Arabic. No problem. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. Ashhadu an la أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح حي على الفلاح So basically that's the adhan or the call to prayer. In Muslim countries, it's uh, on public speakers, so people know it is time to pray, and they get ready and they start heading to the mosque. So you do that, you said you pray five, five times, times a day, day. Yes. so that would happen five times a day. Yes, the, uh, the crack of dawn. And then the noon prayers. I would not want to live there, sorry. No, no offense. I know I'm going to have to do it or I'm going to go to that fire thing, but, but man. I'm, I'm telling you, once you have that light in your heart, that you wake up. And actually, one of the, the leaders in the Islamic faith, he said, if the kings and the rulers know about the joy and the pleasure that we have in our faith, they would fight us with the swords to get that happiness out of our hearts. Mm. When you know that you're fulfilling and you're following God's command, it brings a lot of happiness in your life. And that's what a lot of people don't know and understand about following the true teachings of faith. Um, I think anybody I've run into, and see if your experience is the same, anybody I've ever run into in this world that is practicing their faith, they really, they don't shout it at me at all. They are literally showing me it. That's right. <laughs> you know, and that's like, I find that to be like the kind of the test. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wow, you know what? This person is living by a principle, doing things that I'm not going to do. Just, you never know. I once could, God well, puts, let's just say it's once God puts <laughs> that light in your heart, you will never day. say no. Um, so, <clears throat> going to the translation. Sure. Allahu Akbar, which is portrayed in the movies and on the media, that it is sure someone is. is going to shoot a bunch of people and saying, Allahu Akbar. Okay, God is the greatest. When you say God is the greatest, that's nothing, or it has nothing to do with harming innocent men, women, and children. When you hear the word God is great, or God is the greatest thing, you know that it is greatest than my life, greatest than my family, greatest my, my job, 
than my business, than making money, and it's time for me to go offer my prayers. Now, throughout the day, you could pray as many times as you want. You could. But you got to get those five in. You have to get those five what in. What are the times? Am I keeping you from one of the five? No, actually, we're in the middle of a very big gap, you know. Okay, so the, the timings are the sunrise, or it is before the sunrise. The crack of dawn in Colorado Springs today is at 4.37 a.m. Ikama time, or the time where you have, if you want to come to the mosque, it's performed in congregation at 5.15. And then the noon prayers. In the morning. So that happened the morning. this morning. Yeah. Uh, there's about 11 to 15 people that come to the early prayer in, in the mosque here. Uh, the noon prayers starts at 12.56. Asr prayer, which is the afternoon prayer, at 4.47. Maghrib, or sunset prayer, mm. uh, 7.53. Isha, or the evening prayers, that's when it gets dark, so, 9.15. So you're following the sun? Basically. Uh, sun has nothing to do with, like, we're not worshiping no, the I sun. No, yeah. I'm not saying that, it's but just it's a for time. time. It's a time frame. Exactly. Just like... It's like anybody trying to do look at the celestial beings to map something. Uh, remember, in the in the fourteen hundred years ago, they didn't have iPods, they didn't have <laughs> iPhones, they didn't have iWatches, they didn't have. They had a lot of plague. <laughs> they, <laughs> they had the sun, the moon, and the stars. It's and so if the moon is not there, they they look at uh, you know a bunch of stars and and planets out there to know the direction. And the Muslims follow a lunar calendar. It consists of 12 months. That was so another reason for that. Yeah. So Ramadan, Ramadan is the ninth. What does Ramadan mean? Ramadan is the month of fasting mm. for the Muslim. 30 days? 30 days from the crack of dawn to sunset. So about 16 hours a day here in Colorado Springs. Liquids are, uh, you can you can take all the liquids in or you, you have cannot to not drink take water. anything into your system wow. from the crack of 16 hours. I'm talking this religion was started in a very arid place. <laughs> it, it's still very hot. Yeah, I mean, in Saudi Arabia, in Egypt. Well, that's why we wake up before the crack of dawn and okay. we have the decent meal with lots of liquids that will help you out throughout, throughout the, day. the day. So you yes. start your day off. With a, with, a, with a lot of, of that power going. Yes. Because you're, you're not supposed to suffer. Exactly. And then I, I, I assure you, just like anything else in life, once you know that you're... I, I like the Ramadan. No, don't get me wrong. It's in okay. Detroit, good food happens. Oh, I know. Detroit. For me. I know. Dear, <laughs> I know dear, not so much during the day for other people. I know. Dearborn. the reason, the religion. For I know, me, I'm like, Awesome. Yes, I know Dearborn very well. They have the best foods in the, in, in the area. Yeah. So 30 days from sunup to sundown, fasting, uh, no eating, no drinking, and if you're married, no sexual intercourse with your wife throughout the day. Uh, we so you go about your day. Go about your day. Try to do a little extra prayers, more reading of the Quran. And once you're, it's like programming. You program a machine, and I hate to refer to the body as a machine. You're already not programmed, but you're already in the habit of getting up at sunrise. Exactly. This isn't like an arduous process at that. This is an extra added yeah. thing that I'm doing. No, not to get ahead of what you're about to tell me, but what is the whole purpose of the whole month? What What are you trying to accomplish? Okay. As 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 your Allah family. tells us in the Quran that. 
O you who believe, fasting has, has been prescribed on you the way it's been prescribed on the nations before you, the Jews and the Christians. They fast. They, they fast, fast too. a little different. You yeah, know. not as, uh, no month long one that I know of. But. And the purpose of fasting is to increase the piety or God's awareness or the fear of God in your heart. You might have a question. So is your religion based on the fear of God? I don't know. It's 50-50. Because a lot of people ask the, that question. Well, yeah, but you got, even in the in the Christian, but you got Old Testament people and the New Testament yeah, people. Yeah. You got Orthodox and the no, Jews. And are, Islam. You know, some of them are a little harsher okay. from my eyes and others. We take the ruling in Islam from the Quran and the Sunnah. And that's where you hear the term Sunni and Shia. So... Not to get off that one, though, too. Now, again, don't worry. We're going all over the board, but that's just the way I do these podcasts. Okay. So don't worry about any yeah. of this, like having to tie it all together because I'm not going to be able to do that. But uh, if this is the only mosque here, and there's two ideas that I think of, of Sunni and Shia, and I believe in one and not the other, what do I do? Okay. So, Our mosque. So explain that to you. Okay. Uh, the Sunni, again, which one is this one? Sunni mosque. Okay. Okay. In Islam, we take the ruling from two sources, the Quran and the Sunnah. And the Sunnah means the teachings, the sayings, the, the, the practices of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. So during the time of Prophet Muhammad, there was no Shia. Okay. There was only the people that are following the teachings of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. And in Islam, it's a big deal to follow the authentic Sunnah, meaning that anyone could come up and say, oh, the prophet did this and that. Okay, what's your reference? Where did you get that from? So after the Quran, we have two main so the, the, the sources of getting the Sunnah from, and that's from the book of Bukhari and the book of Muslim. These are scholars or people that dedicated their time and basically vetted everything that was said about the prophet, and they made sure that these sayings were said actually by the prophet, and that the follow the chain of people. Mm -hmm. For example, if Camille heard Ed saying so-and-so, so he they would go to Ed or look into the, the papers. Like, where did Ed this get mm -hmm. this from? He heard it from John. John was an honest and trustworthy person. So there's this chain of knowing the authentic teachings of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. When this happened, was it more of a oral history that was going on so or they was were it taking one? they were taking anything that they, they would do a lot of travel to so that's sunni that's the sunni tradition and yes. the other the, and Shia more, one. the mainstream followers of islam the mainstream is sunni more than 80 percent okay so it's not even world. a 50 50 no it's not it's, it's more than 80 percent uh the shia is a sect that came after the passing of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. And I... Was I wrong by calling them Shia? No, no, the Shia, yeah. Uh, because they they believed, and I'm not an expert on the Shia Sunni. Sure. Uh, and you may have some Shia listeners. I just listeners, want to know the difference, like, I, you know, like, like a Catholic going back, Protestant kind of thing, you know. They, they believed that the, the, the ruling in Islam had to stay within the house of the Prophet, peace be upon him. Okay. It has to be inherited. So only the family of the prophet, and uh, some Shia may disagree with me, but this is what we're taught, and this is what I know. Trust me, we're not. Uh, <laughs> this is just your your opinion, your experience. Going and mine, back so to the going back to the 
your question. About this. This is a Sunni mosque, but we welcome our brothers and sisters that follow the Shia to come and practice with us. And I just want to point out because, uh, you know, hey, it's a very visual podcast we got going on right now. Just because in this particular mosque, too, and I'm not certain it's in every mosque, but in this one, though, they do have a visitor section, per se. So we do, you don't even yes. have to be a believer in any of this. Of course. We have atheists. We have Jews. We have Christians. You know? We have just be students. So that Yesterday would answer my question, have, really, you yep. know, like, okay, uh, only because I was curious about that. I'm like, in my community here at Colorado Springs, where I live, there's only one mosque. That's right. And so um, in Denver, they have a Shia mosque. They have an, they yeah. have that. So yes. See, so but still though, you know, it's good to have some place to come to. Exactly. So we welcome them community. to come and, and worship with us. They might have a little. Do they make a statement that they, that they are or? We never ask. We so never nobody ask. has to declare. No, no, they don't. Uh, they don't have to declare. So uh, thirty days of fasting. Uh, from sunup to sundown, the, the fasting thing that I'm re reciting about. the Quran, <laughs> and then in the evening after we break the fast, uh, that's where so it gets a little more intense. When the sun goes down, though, when the sun goes down, there's people here every day. We have a schedule that people uh, uh, sponsor what we call iftar or breaking the fast. So you'll have people here breaking the fast, men, women, children. It's Am a I fun be time. in a lot of trouble if I show up to no, try to break a fast, no. but I've been eating donuts it's all okay, day. It's okay, man. No problem. Actually, we, we <laughs> welcome people to come. Now that I know that happens, it's really good food, and we you welcome, can't find it in this town. We welcome <laughs> people to come, but we're very careful because the building is very small. Sure. And on Saturdays, no, 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 you're, you're welcome. And I want you to come on weekdays. Saturday, it's like a madhouse here. It's oh. packed. Uh, there's barely... People, uh, room for people to move around, you know, families come. During the Ramadan? During Ramadan, yes. Because Why we break is Saturday the, a big day then? Because it's, again, religious-wise, it has no significance, but it's the weekend in America. People don't have schools, and we have a potluck uh, breaking the fast night. Okay. So we tell people, bring your meals, let's share it with one another. It's only on Saturday that that happens here. The, throughout the rest of the day, you're doing it at your home. We do it at home, but we have breaking the fast every single day, but it's not as busy as yeah. Saturday. Oh, I see what you're saying. All right, so uh, people come, and then after we're done with eating, we rest for about 45 minutes, and then we start the extra prayers that we do. So we do the evening prayers, followed by an hour of uh, praying, and the Imam will read the Quran from memory. So by the end of the month, they will will be uh, will conclude the Quran wow. from memory. And that happens. That, that and that's so that's a big part of the event. It, it is yes. It's a good so reason. To, it's not the, especially with the fasting part. I'm not thinking like oh again. I don't think it is suffering. I think it's trying to get you past your worldly kind of ideas. Exactly. Remember or increase the awareness that we have to prepare for our hereafter. We're so, all gonna die. I do believe we're spiritual beings. I, I do believe that. I believe that that's the whole purpose of what, what we're here to do. And, uh, and it took me a long time in my life to get to that spot, me personally. And so I have a lot more respect for somebody, though, that was trying to do it their entire life. Not that anybody, I think, I don't think there's degrees of it personally. Yeah. Like, hey, you, you're above or you're below. But Very, like, very emotional times. To do something like, to see just hey, we're fellow human beings here, and uh, and just some compassion can go a really long way. Exactly. In my day, people have given me compassion. You know, I didn't realize also, though, too, that there was like a two-way street going on there. 
I always thought of it as a one-way street. Yeah. Give yeah. me something. Give me yeah. something. And then I'm like, going, no, being of service yeah. and is then very I, important. I would like to uh, bring up one thing. You know, Muslims fast, but going back to the teachings of the prophets, he said that someone would be fasting all day and all what he gets out of the fasting is the hunger. <laughs> and someone would be praying all night and all he gets from his prayers is the fatigue. Yeah. The point of fasting is not to be hungry no. or to be thirsty. It's to bring humbleness into your life. Now, I don't know about the, the uh, Arab world, but here in America, as you can tell in Detroit, got a little problem with diabetes. <laughs> okay, and in fasting, so God gives fasting you the permission to break. For example, for ladies that are pregnant, they don't have to fast. If there's any fear on your life or if you have a sickness, you have the permission to break your fast and make it up after Ramadan. Let's say you cannot. it's not about suffering. No, it's not. It's and if not you about cannot, if you can, if you have diabetes and you cannot fast, whether it's in Ramadan or make it up after Ramadan. Well, I'm just making up the point about diabetes, and really not for that part. Yeah, because we have some guys that have diabetes. But I'm just saying, though, like in America, we're not the most fit people, <laughs> <laughs> and eating is a really big part of some of our days. And so, when somebody who doesn't have any sort of experience with Muslims, and we hear fasting and a whole month of fasting. And then we take all of our ignorance with it, and it just becomes, oh, they're even more radical and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah. But it's, uh, but people, people give up Lent. It's about trying to get closer to your own creator yeah. of the purpose. Let's say you're busy. But for a whole month is like, wow, that's dedication. Let's make it. Now, if you break the fast, is there a way to get back on board? Is it just like, hey, you made a mistake okay. in that month? In, in Islam, the teachings of the Prophet, let's say you are fasting that day, and accidentally there's a banana sitting on the yeah, on the counter. It's <laughs> <be> <laughs> or a donut. Let's say. <laughs> let's you, make it a donut because I'm going to break a fast. You take a bite. Anybody who knows me. You take a bite, and then you swallowed it, and then you remember, oh, I'm fasting. The Prophet told us, continue your fasting. But don't act stupid and say, oh, I forgot. Yeah. You know, God Wasn't knows. was a mistake. Actually, fasting is one of the hidden acts of worship. You, I could be fasting right now and talking to you, mm -hmm. and you would not know a thing. So only God knows. And that's what it's supposed to be, really. Exactly. This eternal event. Another one of those um, infidelities trying to, it's a personal event again. I have to get that. You're trying to, again, again, trying to find... By my interpretation here, again, uh, God's will for me today, that makes any sense. That's, that's part of the deal. It may seem a little bit more Christian. No, no, the prophet said, uh, continue your fasting. God has fed you or give you a sip of water. But again, that's it has to be truly accidental. Uh, so you make that mistake. Continue, and you're like, all right. So instead of beat yourself up or oh my god, it didn't. It's like, no, no. It, I, okay, why did I make that mistake? And you could take responsibility you know, god, for that and try to get know, better. In it's life. an accident, and accidents are okay. <clears throat> but if I make that accident again in a half hour, just saying. Well, <laughs> I, I would have a. <laughs> then you're not doing. Then it. you're, then you're in, not doing incompetent of fasting because you know you have to be. <laughs> 
You have to be in your full mental state when you fast. Oh, man. Yes. This would be a hard one. If I wasn't raised in this, yeah. no offense, if I wasn't raised in this, this would be like it's, just to jump into that. It's hard. Like, let's just say, you know. I wanted to become a Muslim today. Like, Ramadan's going to start soon. Next week. <laughs> well, when I, Do I get a pass uh, on this first Ramadan? <laughs> Um, Does everybody say, hey, Ed's new here, okay, let him let eat me, the donuts? Let me, let me go back to the, <laughs> to the concept when the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, came. And he taught for 13 years. He never told people fast. Okay, yeah. He never or told people. Or those five prayers. No. He put God in your life first. Once you have God in your life, you will be willing to do whatever it takes to be a good person to follow God's commands. What's the, uh, um, lack of terminology on my part, the penalty of not being a good person, like in other religions there's repentance and stuff like that. Is there, is there an we idea of that? We are encouraged to do repentance every single day. Every day. Especially towards approaching the month of Ramadan, we are encouraged to repent and seek forgiveness from God. And so again, it's terminology that I'm using. Capable okay. of other ones, so, uh, so it's almost so you can be born again and, uh, and as a better person. If you, let's say, if you are a bad person, God forbid, if you've killed, if you've committed adultery, if you've done all the sins that we all know about, you got and seven you, deadly ones too. Not seven deadly ones, but we have the major sins in Islam. Oh, major. The number one that cannot be forgiven by God is association with him. And that's why going back to the rule number one, God's oneness, that God is one. So I put anything above him in that regard, or on the same footing, or anything yes, like that? Yes, no I, association okay. with God, God is one. Uh, whether you're a good Muslim or not, you have to have that principle in your life. That just seems like a good human being. Yeah. And then adultery, if you're married, that's considered a major sin. Fornication, if you're a bachelor. That's why you're encouraged to get married. The only okay. relationship is between a man and a woman right. is through marriage. Seems like all the world's religions so far. <laughs> exactly. So far, you're, you're, they pretty, came, you're, pretty happy, you're pretty nailing all of them. And then killing is a very major sin. And we believe all the killings that happen on earth go back to the son of Adam that killed his brother out okay. of envious, you know. Uh, so killing in Islam is a very major sin. Why no is it that one, people want to destroy Islam in Ramadan with all the violence that happens? What is that? What is that? Is there because it's because this re, this this what is it? A festival? Is it a? What's it's a the month word? of fasting. It's a month of remembering. It's a month is of a rituals. Term? It's a ritual. Yeah. And so is that going to because if I if I do violence in the name of you at this time, that's really going to hit the heart of you guys then. Is that what they're trying to definitely, do? Definitely, definitely. Islam is peace. Islam is also a just religion. Islam teaches you to stand up for yourself. If someone is attacking you in your own house, you have all the right to stand up for yourself, defend yourself, sure. your Welcome property. Exactly. The second amendment. Second, second amendment you know? Let's not even go there. Exactly. Because you know, so, that can get crazy too, but so, still. So Islam like it's a peaceful religion it also endorses justice and you that brings up the word jihad so a lot of people say jihad holy war muslims want to kill americans want to apply sharia law and they want to wipe all of us 
and they want to convert America and make it a Muslim country. Listen, America is a very diverse country. There's plenty of there's you, plenty of you room. You trying. <laughs> we could bring all the refugees in the world and put them in, in, in these vacant lands. But I'm not saying let's do that, you know, yeah. because uh, the president said the, the country is full. Go back. So. Yeah, well, <laughs> so let's not bring him up. Even. I know. This is my podcast. I make your Sorry. rules. Sorry. <laughs> all right. So uh, Islam is a religion that teaches us to practice and be good, obedient peaceful people well, no person, no one is allowed a person is assalamu alaikum uh, you cannot what's the, what's the response to that alaikum salam which is and to you on, yeah so peace. i mean but that's with again you look at any of the major religions uh, pretty much all of them you know it's about hey let's not kill each other hey let's be a better human being Islam teaches us to be good people, to be God obedient. We know God will never okay killing men, women, and children, unarmed civilians, even in the battlefield. Prophet Muhammad taught his companions when they go fight, there are rules of war. You cannot destroy churches. You cannot destroy houses of worship. You cannot destroy public buildings, wells, uh, structures that benefit the people. You cannot kill men, women, unarmed, civilians. There are rules of war in Islam. But unfortunately, these people that act in the name of Islam don't understand their faith. They truly don't understand their faith. I'm not sugarcoating. That's, or that's or in any faith. There's exactly. a lot of violence you know, in the name of God. You know, let's not go far. Maybe less than a mile from here. Planned Parenthood. Yeah. The yeah. guy acted in the name of God. God never yeah. tells us to go and kill people There's to also save hearing people. There's a lot of voices and all that. But still, though, it was that event. That mentality. It was that whole thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm coming up on an hour. Only because they only allow me to record at an hour span, and I'd have to stop and start again. And I don't know when your next prayer is supposed to be. Yeah, about three hours. About three hours. Yeah. And I would like to continue, if you can. Of course. Because uh, we also haven't answered the original question, which was almost, almost 50 minutes ago. When did you know your faith? Like, when I remember... Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start a whole another one. That's fine. Because I don't wanna, I don't wanna get going. Okay, let I'm, me just finish this. Oh by, sure, please. You know, do. The five pillars. We got to the the third one, the fasting of Ramadan. The fourth one is. Oh, the Ramadan is a pillar. It is one I of the pillars. Know that. So you have to I fast too many times. So number one is the testimony of faith. You have to believe it in your heart. You have to pray five times a day. You have to fast the month of Ramadan. And again, it's not you have to. If you're capable, if you have sickness, if you're ill, if you're a mother and again, you're pregnant, if about, you're breastfeeding. It's not about suffering to yes, get the point. There's, free, there's passes for these people that cannot do it. God intended ease with even with fasting. You think about it, it's like torturing 16 hours. No, people enjoy it. People enjoy every single minute of it, especially at the end of the day when you're about to break your fast and you know that the teachings of the prophet telling you make ask God for whatever you want because God listens to these prayers when you're breaking your fast then pillar number four is the the giving of the charity and that's obligatory charity 
you have, let's say, $5,000 sitting in the bank for one full year, 2.5% goes out of this amount and goes to the poor and needy. If you don't have that money, then you don't give the charity. Mm -hmm. The five, fifth pillar... Do you pillar, give your time then? Well, that's, you know, any time that you give towards God like is good. Was, but if I was saying, all right, I can't give the monetary one, but I can go and do something. You know, I can there's make, no makeup, but there's if you, no makeup. No, it's just, just a monetary. If you cannot make up fasting, you pay to feed a needy person, okay. uh, and that makes up for the month of Ramadan. And the fifth one is the pilgrimage to Mecca once in your lifetime. Again, if you can financially afford it, you cannot take money from the bank, you cannot borrow, you cannot use a credit card to perform that spiritual trip that is only asked of you once in your lifetime. What do you mean you can't? It has to be out of your own money okay. to go and perform the Hajj. So it can't be, I have a credit card and I can just charge it and pay it later. That's well, what you're saying. So what yeah. you're saying with that. That's right, right. yes. Right. So these are the pillars of Islam. In order to be a Muslim, you practice, you follow these five. If you don't have money to go to Hajj, then it's not a necessity. You, you, you can't, you, you should, you're not required to go. Mm -hmm. If you don't have money, you don't give the zakat. If you are sick, you cannot fast, then fasting is not an obligation on you. So what you end up with a prayer. prayer. For the fasting? Because you're trying to get that event, that spiritual event done, but physically you can't do it. So then what are you doing? Because I have to eat because of some medical condition. So now what, how am I going to get that event? You spend and you feed a fasting person okay. you, to help him break his fast. So kind of like you made up for your yeah. fasting. So it's not like, uh, so there's always something you should do. Let's put it that way. There's not a reason not to praise your God. Let's put it that way. Yes. All right. We're going to stop right here. And then uh, there's going to be a whole nother, however long the next one goes. He says he has three hours. I don't have three hours to question. But uh, we'll see what happens. All right. We're back for uh, episode six, part two. I had to remember how many episodes I've done. And I think this is still six part two. If not, I can change it into everything uh, by just that part. Uh, all right, so we're still here with Camille, and we're still in the mosque, the only one in Colorado Springs at the Isla Islamic Center for Colorado Springs. Islamic Society. Society. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought I looked like a, I was center in my. It is uh, a center, but uh, we call it Islamic Society of Colorado <coughs> Springs. The mosques have. Uh, because I know, like, there's famous mosques in the world, uh, but like, if you go to like the um, Catholics, like Saint Whatever Church, like, would you do like mosques have their names besides mosque? Yeah, actually, did that question come yeah. through? Uh, in Arabic, the word uh, or we use the word masjid, masjid as mosque, or it's a place of where you do prostrate. Put your face down on the ground. That's why it's called masjid. What if you don't? What if you live in an area where there is no mosque? What are you supposed to do? You just pray at home. Pray at home. Yeah. Or try to at least make it to the closest mosque once a week, and that's on Friday. That's our weekly. That's the gathering. Big day. The big day for for Muslims around the world. Why Why Friday? Uh, we believe the Jews have Saturday, mm -hmm. the Christians have Sunday, and the Muslims have Friday. So these are the way it went down. days commanded by God. Mm, okay. yeah. All right. So we were ended. We ended with the five pillars, which 
I finally figured out by the end of it that Robin was one of the pillars. <laughs> but I did figure it out. Okay, let me let me uh, bring something up. It's called the pillars of faith. Okay. And I guarantee we share these with many. Uh, I don't want to say many religions because uh, from the Muslim faith we believe that there the true religions there's only Judaism and Christianity and Islam and it by Islam these are the God God's religions that he sent on earth so when you say that you're only talking about those three yes okay and just to get a little bit off topic because I do that a lot don't find it hopefully don't find it annoying what about then the the Buddhists in the world and the Hindus in the world see man-made religion they might have a lot of teachings that are taken from other religions, but mm -hmm. we truly look at true religions that came from God the Creator is through the Torah in the original form that it was revealed in, or the Gospel, okay. or in Arabic we call it the Injil, and these are the teachings that came from God through Jesus, and then the Quran, which is the Word of God that was given to Muhammad. So the pillars of faith, and I'll go over them quickly. Sure. Uh, or take your time. Just the first pillar is to believe in Allah, to believe in God, and then to believe in the angels, to believe in the scriptures. Did you say the angels? The angels, yes. How many angels are there? There are no number. No number? However many there are. Yeah, but we believe there are major angels. For example, the angel Gabriel or Jibreel. Okay. He was responsible to bring the revelations of the Quran from Allah Almighty to Prophet Muhammad. So speaking the words of Allah to Prophet Muhammad directly. So you have the first pillar, which is the same, or the yes to Allah to believe in Him. Okay, and then which is very the similar to the testimony of faith. Uh -huh. And then uh, you have the then you have the angels. Then you have the scripture. The scriptures. The angels. I don't want to like the. Second major one is the one that he's called Mikael. He's holding the trumpet and he's uh -huh. waiting for God's command to blow the trumpet and end life. The third one is Israel, Israel. He is the one that is designated to take the soul from the body. No. So in the moment of death, when that soul leaves the body, we believe that the angel Israel came and took the soul out of the body. And the fourth major angel is Mikael, and he is the one responsible for the sustenance, bringing sustenance. And I might have said the name Mikael twice, but they're Mikael, Gabriel, Israel, and Israfil. And I think yeah, that's the one that with yeah. that's the one with the trumpet. Well, it's Michael blow your horn in the in the Christian world, so I'm assuming Michael blowing the horn there too. Yeah. So. <laughs> So the angel uh, Mikael is the one that brings sustenance down from heaven. For example, Ed will live 60 years, no longer than that. Uh, that's Cam it. Camille will live 45 years. That's it. Camille will make throughout his entire life $1 million. That's, that's it. Not, a, not a penny on that's top of it. Good. And it'll be distributed. Today he'll make two hundred dollars. Tomorrow he'll make fifty bucks. If you're, in, or if you worked in a job or whatever, mm -hmm. he's the one that moves the clouds, bring rain, bring snow, heat, and all of that. Everything is controlled by angels. We also believe that there are guardian angels that protect you 
from dying before you designate a date. Okay. So no medications, no doctors. When God commands that you have to go, when no one up, your time when time's up. up, your time's up. No one can extend your life, not even by a second. So even if I were put on life support, even if you're put on life support. That's part of the deal anyway. And we've heard that you know people stay on life support for a very long time. Because that was part of the deal. So, so I'm just saying, and, you, and because in other, uh, especially uh, in the Christian, there's there's sects that like that believe in the Christian world, no life support at all, because you know, or even no medical care. Which yeah. is, the, I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying that's their belief and all that. That's right. But no, in your no, we, case, we in your case, if I got put on medical care, whatever it was, that's fine. That was all part of the plan. It's family preference. Yeah. I know my father-in-law died with cancer. We lived in Denver for over 40 years. And we, we lived with him a beautiful life. Uh, his name was Mohammed Joda. He was very well known in the Denver community and uh, in the U.S. He did a lot of outreach work. work uh, worked with a lot of communities to bring people together. And... Uh, he also lived a very difficult life towards the end of his life. Mm -hmm. So he said that I don't want to be on life support, no matter what happens. But even if he was, though, the way that you're saying it, that's, uh, you're telling me about these angels, though, and it's his time. It would have been, even if he was and he was still alive, but when he died, though, didn't even matter because that was his time anyway. That's How right. you get that's there. Right. Well, you could come and do, you know, life support or whatever. Yeah. Uh, if, if the soul is gone, it's, it's gone. So, right. No one can bring. No one can bring it back. So back. within the mu Muslim faith, then, uh, then there is, there's no like hard and fast. Uh, trying to come up with the right word, like a secular idea of like you can't go and be on life support. No. Avail yourself of the medicine, or don't avail yourself of the medicine. Well, <laughs> take your take your pick. Yeah. So, uh, guardian angels that protect you from dying before your time. Mm -hmm. uh, we believe that every human has two angels, one on the right side and one on the left side, and they're recording your deeds. Oh, no. The one on the right recording <laughs> the good deeds. News. I That's know. Not good news for me. The he's, left side. He's pretty bored. Well, let me tell you this: <laughs> if you if you truly accept Allah alone, without a partner, and you decide to convert to Islam today, say, you know what, I like this and I want to convert, and you repent from all your sins, we believe that you will be born again. In so the if, sense I of to, if I were to convert, then the first thing I do is repent? Accept God. Accept God is, and is then, the repentance. Uh, once you accept God, it will be a new journal, a new page okay. in your life. And furthermore, all the sins that you have done in your previous life will be converted into good deeds so you will have a good balance to start okay. your life with so in that concept then uh, basically then the bad that I've done though I can use that to actually help others per se because it doesn't own me anymore. In, in Islam you're only responsible for your own actions and deeds for example if you do wrong, you're wronging yourself. The only way that you will get sins for my actions 
if you teach me a bad habit or you teach me a crime mm. and you die and I continue with that crime, that's going to keep rolling. That you will be on you. And the same way, if you look at it in the good way, if I teach you something good and I die while I'm dead in my grave, it's kind of like a deposit, savings account. Mm -hmm. Everything that you do in your life, I will be rewarded for it. And I will come before God on the day of judgment with extra deeds. So, so what you put out there, you're, you, you own it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it could go and on for a long time. We believe that when the son of Adam, meaning us, when we die, you're disconnected from your life as far as rewards, except in three cases. If you have a pious son, a good son, that will do good deeds, and that will be rewarded for it's the like father. I have a genetic illness. I can't have a son. And the mom. And the second one. All right, let's go on. I may have this one. And the second one. You do a, a, a what's known as a continuous charity. For example, you dig a well, ah. and people will drink from that water. So every time people or animals or birds drink from that water, you get rewarded for it. And it's kind of like a savings, again, sure. it deposits in your account. Uh, you do a public road, and you help in, in planting trees. Anyone that sits in the shade of a tree or any animal that eats from the fruits of the tree, it, you get rewarded for it. Four, you do another thing like you print Qurans or material that will teach people their faith and will teach them their... That's all part of the two, though. Actually, uh, continuous charity. Or a knowledge that could be left behind. Or a pious son okay. that will supplicate for so him. So those are the three. Yes. So continuous charity or a... And then if I decide to live a wicked life and I've taught that to other people. Ooh. And uh, it's the same thing in reverse, basically. It's You'll like, be in trouble unless trouble. before you die you truly repent okay. that I am sorry for all what I have done and I wish I have not done it and that's a common feature of a lot of those yeah. three religions when you repent truly repent God will wipe out your sins like he, it's like all, all, all of them have a foundation of I really want to help you otherwise <laughs> really you know help you get to the end otherwise people with major sins like murderers and drug dealers and so Ohio on. State fans. That's my <laughs> <laughs> then they're, they're, they're screwed. You yeah. know, well, Ohio much. State fans are screwed. The whole state of Ohio is. But hey, right. what, I'm sorry. You can't help Okay, me. going back to the pillars of faith. Uh, so we said the angels mm -hmm. and then the prophets. So do you remember them? Number one, was, to believe in Allah, yeah, God. And, and then you said angels and then you said scripture. And then the prophets. Okay. Moses. Jesus. Is this how you would learn that, Muhammad. though? Learn yes. those five yeah. We pillars. learned these in, you know, in, in, in schools. And uh, and to believe in the day of judgment, that's number five, that there will be a day of judgment. Really? We're all going to die. And then after when all this life is gone, everybody will be resurrected again. God will recreate us again. And we will be resurrected, and there will be a day of judgment to be judged for the things that we have done in this life. So God says in the Quran, 
blessed be he who created death and life. And he started with the word death. He didn't start by the word life. Blessed be he who is in hand is the dominion or the day of judgment. The one who created death and life. So true life is the life of the hereafter. This life is very, very short and it's very transitional. And that's why all the prophets came to say, don't lean too much on this life. This is a seducing life. It's another common feature of faiths. People will think about being famous and being rich, but for what? You will enjoy this life, but it's very temporary. This life will end. Money does not bring you happiness. Fame doesn't bring you happiness. The true happiness is in the hereafter. Are you finding in your community of faith uh, in this uh, country, and we're only gonna talk about this country um, because here it's really, it's a, all about the now, the here and the now. Is I've never seen it more uh, as a forefront of everybody, complete satisfaction right now. <laughs> and, you know, are you finding that to be a difficult uh, within like your children in this community, like to teach that? Because that's a you know, that's a tough sell right the now. The main the main obstacle or the main hurdle I see in raising my children in this country, and I'm married. I've been married for 14 years. Uh, I have three boys, 13, so a teenager, 10, and six. It's hard to teach them Islam the way I learned it in a Muslim country. Uh, they live their life, they play soccer, and club soccer, and mm -hmm. they go to public schools. So mm -hmm. Normal life is just trying to teach them the basics, and a, a little more than just the basics. So I don't want them to be secular, I don't want them to to be bad people. I want them to be saved by accepting well, Allah. You want them to be pious. Well, I hope so, man. I really, <laughs> At least one of them. I really Your hope odds so. are better with three out of one. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. The odds are three. The odds are better. So I, I really hope they turn out to be good, obedient Muslims. Otherwise, you know, there'll be another worthless Muslim living in America, and that's that's one of the things that we, we fight. That We tell people that if you don't teach your kids the right Islam, you definitely don't want them radicalized. I don't want that for any, any reason. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's you want them to learn the true Islam, the Islam that was able to... Do you to worry about that? Like I truly I'm, do. Like When I say that, do you worry about, um, like, man, I, I had it a lot easier, or uh, because the society in itself was, was geared towards that, that journey. I, I, I really feel it's a, it's a very challenging, very hard job to do, but I'm doing what I can. I try to teach them at home. I try to live as a good well, Muslim. The message that you just gave me, though, and again, this is, an, and I'm not asking you to speak for the, for the viewers. Okay. I'm asking you for yourself, you know, and the message that you just gave me was uh, not very conducive to the way that we live. <laughs> <laughs> 
don't get I'm me wrong. Saying, they're, not, they're, just, they're good I'm kids, saying, like, you know. Yeah, but I'm there's, not, I'm there's not always that, that fear. What I'm saying is like today, instant gratification, and the here and the now, the self, the selfishness, kind of the way it is, and then in any faith, it's going to be an others-based idea, and it's really hard. It is hard, and the. And the availability of the amount of information out there and the ease of access. And maybe the infidelity, we go back to that word, mm. the nudity mm. uh, on online, mm -hmm. that it's as easy as just putting in a wrong website, you could see a wrong, sure. wrong information. And that I, I fear and I don't want them to get to that information. Mm -hmm just like any other family that really worries about raising their kids as good kids, yeah. whether you follow religion or not. But well, what you just pointed out in those, in those uh, the last examples you were giving me, for one thing, what you teach your children is going to come back on you. Mm -hmm, that's right. <laughs> and I want them to be good Muslims. I want yeah. them to be, able to be able to perform their prayers on time, to fear God, that God could punish them if they don't follow. And they will be and they'll end up in hellfire. But mm. again, that's not one of Ohio. Sorry, oh. sorry. <laughs> I don't. I'm just saying that for some people that I know that are listening oh, to this I that see. are actually Ohio State fans. I do it in all my podcasts. Oh, I love Ohio. I've been to Toledo several uh, times. Well, and that's, let's not go there. Uh, we, don't right. to, we don't need to talk about that. But. So I really fear <laughs> for my kids that uh, they will turn out to be not good Muslims. But you know, we try to raise them as good kids to read the Quran to understand it to be good citizens of America. I don't want them to end up on TV on one of the media channels that, oh, another Muslim kid yeah. with a Muslim name named Muhammad carried an attack or did this and that. And, you know, I don't want this to happen. Sure, sure. Who does, though? You know, that's just a common idea for anybody. You want, you want it to be the best. I don't want them just to be the best. I want them to be good Muslims. Well, when I say the best, which is bad terminology on my part, it, this is your faith, and this means a lot to you. This is not just a, this is you, and uh, and you want them to have the same, from what I'm hearing. That's right. You want them to feel the same. Yeah. And I pray to God, pray to Allah, all the time. My, to sorry, to my right MJ is looking for the bathroom. Yeah. Now she found it. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I really, I truly... Very visual podcast right there, people, sorry. Uh, pray that... Bathroom, bathroom's over there somewhere. <laughs> All right. Neil's going to go show a bathroom. Sorry, guys. No, that's fine. I'm the one that should be sorry. I'm the one that's making everybody go along on this kind of stuff. But I got, I got a lot of free time, Theo. That's the problem. It's okay, man. I'm here to help, and I'm here to hopefully remove some of the misconceptions uh, to share with your listeners that Islam is a beautiful religion. Uh, God's teachings in general, if we abide by them, we will live a happy, peaceful life. But we, unfortunately, we don't for the most part. So let's get back to that original question a long, long time ago, though. When was it that you yourself, personal to you, if you can, put your finger on it. Okay, I remember I used to cry out of when I hear the Quran, when I hear the, the Imam or the leader of the Quran reciting the Quran in Mecca, it's broadcasted on TV at that time. 
And I used to cry from feeling the words at age six. And then when I, I remember next when I was in middle school, I started going to pray at the mosque. And that's I think where I developed the love for this faith, for truly accepting Allah and living up to the teachings that I have. So middle school, what year, what year was that for you? What age was that? Uh, middle school, you know, I think about age 13, 14. It's pretty common for a lot of people, I believe. Yeah, and I think that's where my faith really stuck with me. And then... That's when you knew personal for yourself, this, this was an internal thing that was happening. That's right. And it was the truth. Yeah, and then since I came to America in 1999, I started, uh, the first thing I've done, I looked for the mosque and I found this place and I started attending the mosque. Did you come to Colorado Springs? Straight from Straight. Qatar. And this mosque was already here? It was already here. So in 99, I started attending Fridays and even uh, being in America the first couple of weeks, attending service, uh, even though listening to the service in English for the first time, it was very emotional for me. I remember <laughs> sitting I on the front, front line uh, weeping just from the beauty of the words that I've been hearing. And when, when you seek God and you are with God, no matter where you live, whether you're in America or Australia, and that you- Not Ohio, sorry everyone. <laughs> that feeling is, is a great feeling to know that you have brothers and sisters that share the same. thousands signal. of miles, completely everything new, and what's nice about your faith, and I believe anybody's faith in that regard, is that you, you, I'm like, I'm not alone. That's I'm, right, yes. I have a community. I have a community, and any, even if I didn't have a community, if I went to a place where there's no mosque, I will still try to establish that life in my own house, or mm -hmm. my own apartment. Does, does the, the uh, do, do Muslims believe in missionary work, like, or is it just like live this and then that should be? Okay, we believe that you have to let people know about your faith. Some way, somehow, you have to let people know about your faith. Especially now, especially here in the United States where the religion of Islam is hijacked and it's portrayed in the media that it's a bad religion. It teaches killing men, women, and children, and, and it teaches hate and the God of the Muslims is not the God of love and peace. Do you feel that every day? Do I don't, but I, every time I tune into the mainstream media. I'm going around the community of Colorado Springs. Do you feel that, do you feel that weight? Is that a fair question? I don't know, well, but I asked it anyway. Yeah, the, so I see in another way, do you think that people are prejudiced against you in Colorado Springs, maybe? Uh, and I say no. No. I've lived here for 20 years, and thank God. I, I keep saying that, thank God, because it could change. It could happen to me here today. Uh, but I have not noticed discrimination, even though I know it's there. Mm -hmm. I know prejudice is there. And uh, I, I have not seen it, or maybe I choose not to see it. Let me well, put it I, that way. I am the worst because I'm a white American male, and I wouldn't know it if it hit me in the head. I know. I, I just, <laughs> I, I truly try not to pay attention. Okay. I go about my life every single day. I do, does I faith, live my does life. Faith, does faith help that then? Does, of course. Does faith, does of course. Is that, because like, I'll tell you something. For you. Moses was attacked. Jesus was attacked by his own people. Mm -hmm. 
the people that were supposed to be followers, they attacked him because of his faith. Same thing with Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, on all of them. They were attacked because they were trying to apply and live by God's words. Which was an incredibly radical idea at that time. It was, yeah, and we believe that Prophet Muhammad faced a lot of, a lot of fighting, a lot of challenges. Uh, he, he was beaten, he was fought against, was cut and bruised, and, and that's all because he followed his faith. So to compare our life with their life, we have an easy life. Yeah, so I'm not going to complain well, about I someone that looked down on me or looked at me like he, he doesn't like me being here or, or because me and my wife, because she wears the hijab or the head cover. Has I, anybody in this community ever had to come up and feel the need to talk to them about that? Like, why are you doing that or don't do that? or. Uh, because in this country, it's written down, religious freedom for all. That's right, but not how, that's not how some people see it. Of course. Uh, we have a problem in this country. and That just same document also said certain people are only counted as three-fourths of people. Yeah. <laughs> we forget that yeah. this was rooted in that. And I, and I think we have a hard time realizing that that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. And it's still really deep in us. And then you throw in just the last... 20 years. It's a lot of changes. It's been harsh. Yeah. It's been really harsh. And so going back to your question, does faith help you when it comes to Does living? faith help you personally? It, it does, yeah. It helps me a lot because there's a verse in the Quran and it says, do mankind say or do mankind think that they say we believe and we have not test them? Meaning testing God will test us in our day-to-day -day life with sickness, <coughs> with illness. And that leads me to the sixth Boy, pillar, test, pillar of faith, destiny, to believe in destiny. That I am destined to be diagnosed with an illness that might take me out of this life. Am I going to be patient and praise God for that, even though it's a very severe test? But let me tell you, the amount of love, or let me put it the other way, God loves us in different forms. And we believe in Islam that when Allah or God loves someone, he will be tested. And the amount of love that you will receive will be dependent on the amount of test that you're getting. So Ed, today I ask you, I know you've been through a lot of, a lot, with your sickness, with the medication that you're taking. If you're a Muslim, you would say, I praise God for that sickness. This sickness is cleansing for me. Even though if you don't have sins, it's cleansing and elevating. It elevates you in God's sight. It brings you closer to him and it puts you higher in the levels of paradise. So you just need to be patient and praise God for whatever comes to you. So faith helps me in, in everything. We are encouraged in the Muslim faith to praise God and say, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, thank God. Let's, let's talk about, because uh, I was bringing it up when I first call, uh, contacted you, and, and it's a part of this podcast, is, uh, and it's part of this podcast too. Is, um, so let's talk about your faith, the uh, Muslim faith when it leads to 
the end of life. I also want to talk about how uh, it's practiced for the grieving process. How does how does this faith help every, in that whole entire thing? Okay. One of the things too, and this is again, sorry if I'm an idiot when it comes okay. to this. Uh, is it not correct too that when somebody dies, like it, it's like an immediate process that has to happen? Yes. Okay. And, and so let's start at the beginning. All right, I'm gonna die. We all are. We've said it a few times. It's the name of the, prog- of the podcast. Yes. So you're gonna die. Okay. But let's I'm dying of cancer, and so what? Are, what do I? What do I start that process with here? Okay. Let's say I'm not gonna talk about you, but let's say Camille <coughs> dies in a car accident. First thing I hope that I died in a good state of submission to God. Okay. So well, I, how are you practicing at that moment is important. Exactly. And we believe that God takes care of us, that if you lived your life as a good Muslim, that God will take care of you and will allow you to die as a Muslim or as a person that submits to God's will <coughs> at, at the end of life. So this is very important. If I died of a sickness, I have to understand that cleansing was part of my process before meeting God. And Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, said that cleansing will be part of, or testing will be part of the true believer until he meets God with no sin on his journal. So I have to truly believe that whatever sickness, illness, suffering, pain, is part of the cleansing process. Let's say the angel Israel comes to pull my soul. He will pull it. And then immediately other angels will receive that soul from him because they don't want that soul to be tortured. So they take it and they raise it and they go to heaven. And if that soul was a good soul, it would have a very well reputation traveling up to the heavens until it reaches God. And the angels in the heavens will ask, this soul smells so good. Whose soul is it? And they will say, this soul belongs to Ed. He was a good obedient of God. And God will command the soul, the angels to bring the soul back to that, to the grave. So in that process, we, in the Muslim faith, we believe that whoever dies needs to be taken care of immediately within hours. If not hours, because of the process and the paperwork. Mm-hmm. It has to be done the next day. Back home, if someone dies, he's buried within a couple hours. Wow. Yes. So basically, we take the body, the closest family members wash the body, and then they dry the body. They put some sort of like colognes on him or oils to make him smell good. So a, uh, a Muslim would not be embalmed? No, no embalming. Uh, the only case that's embalming is if they have to fly a person back home to his country, and that's a regulation by the airlines. <coughs> so, but basically, no embalming, no cremation in Islam. Uh, the only way is to wash the body, wrap it after it's dried with white pieces of cloth, and then bury it in the ground directly. So, no casket. Okay. He does not get so put just in the cloth. Part. Just the cloth. So that's why we say. You don't leave this life with nothing from what you have accumulated. No money, no wealth, no checkbook. Heck, so Bill Gates gets the same treatment as I would. You know what? We all leave in a white piece of cloth. It does not even have a pocket. Let's 
put it that way. Mm. So no matter what we fight for in this life, it's not even worth it. Let's all think about that moment when we're going to departure this life and we will be headed towards that an everlasting life that does not end. What happens if uh, there's no body? What happens if I go down in a plane and there's no body? If there's no body, th we'll just offer an absentee prayers on that body. So you kind of do the same thing without the body? Without the body. But of course, no washing, no, no nothing. Yeah. Okay, so after the washing is done, and of course, if it's a female that died, only females wash her. Okay. And if it's a guy that died, only guys wash him. Unless if the wife really wanted to participate in washing her husband. What about a child? A child, the family could wash him. Do, do so the wash mother him. could wash her son? Yes, yes. So but let me tell you, it's a very emotional thing. And oh, I'm sure the mom would not want to be there. Yeah. I washed my father-in-law in Denver. And my grandkids, actually my sons, were with me, were the grandkids. And they mm -hmm. asked me, wasn't it hard for you to wash granda, grandpa? And I said, what do you mean? He said, because you knew him. You've lived with him alive, and now you're washing him. You're pouring water on him, and you're washing him. I said, yes, but we have to do it. Mm. That's part of our rituals. So we take that body, take it to the mosque, and we offer a special prayer that does not include bowing down or prostrating. Really? Just standing up. Only for the death? Only for the death. It's called the janazah prayer. And what does that translate to? Uh, that's the process of washing, wrapping, taking to the graveyard. <clears throat> What's the reasoning be behind just the, uh, just the standing up then? Just because okay, you don't when have you to. bow down, when you because he's already with God. When you bow down, when you prostrate, you're performing these actions for God alone. Okay. So now you're performing uh, a prayer for that person. So you're not bowing down for him. Yeah. You're not prostrating for him. Because you can't have that infidelity. That's again. it. Association with yeah. God. So right. we only, in, in the Islamic faith, we only bow down to God. And that's why when you greet someone, you don't bow down. You know, like in some cultures, yeah. you only bow down to God. Interesting. Yeah. So after the body's wrapped, dried, wrapped with that piece of cloth, here in America, we use like a, ga a casket to just to move him. So we take that casket to the mosque, and we wait for a time of prayer, let's say the noon prayer, which is the most popular one. So after people are done with their obligatory prayer, the imam or the leader will announce that we have a janazah prayer to perform it on the deceased. So that's one of the first things you think about the deceased. So he even lost his name by death. So that's why you say, this life is not worth it. Work on your hereafter. Try to do and be a good obedient of God. And again, all the core goes to accepting God alone, the creator in heaven, the one that created the mountains, the rivers, the, the hills, everything around us that created us as very complex human beings that is so sophisticated and, and you need you know universities and scientists to study. Does that start the process for the family though too, for the grieving? immediately well they start immediately but uh, I mean you're, you're doing the washing yes uh, you know the official process like there's a wake in the in the Catholic world is we, there a yeah. wake in no wake in, no. no we bring so him no directly there's no celebration of his life in that regard no no he's gone he's done he's done the good deeds he's done or the bad deeds he's done in his life are done are over okay. and that person is gone now so 
wash him, wrap him, bring him to the mosque, they say a prayer on him, and we take him immediately to the cemetery. Now in the Muslim faith, you're, you, we bury among Muslims. So we have special Islamic cemeteries. Is there one in Colorado Springs? Not in Colorado Springs. So if someone dies, we take him to Denver. Uh, on Hamden Road, there's a Muslim cemetery. It's a huge cemetery, but they have a section for the Muslims. Or there's a, a 40 acres on in, in Bennett, Colorado, Bennett, Colorado, uh, that's only Muslims. We bury only Muslims in it. So sometimes it's a quite a drive. If you want to pay a little more, you bury in Hamden. Mm -hmm. And uh, people go to the mosque to offer that prayer. And then we follow the the body to the cemetery and then we bury we put the body directly on the ground the grave will, would have been dug at that time we lay the body we take it out of the casket put it down on the on the ground and then we put just a couple of pieces of wood and cover the body so we don't put the dirt directly on him and then we bury we bury that person and then traditionally the parents or the, the family of the deceased will be present people will offer condolences and again traditionally culturally people would uh, host members of the community that want to offer condolences in their own homes for three days but again it has nothing to do with religion it's just it's doing it and it's for the living just for people to come and remember him and offer their condolences sure. say sorry for your loss may Allah accept your loss May Allah reward you in your loss. Because not only the, the deceased gained rewards from Allah by being tested, but also the family of the deceased, if they're patient, if they don't scream and yell and say, why did God do this to us? Why did God take him away from us? You know, we wanted him to stay. You have to accept that this is God's way of life nobody's gonna live an eternal life not even the prophets now and as long as if there was someone that was supposed to live forever it would have been prophet muhammad or abraham or moses or jesus these good men that lived on earth but this is what we call the tradition of life we live 50 60 70 80 years 100 whatever you want to live or what we can live or what allah has allowed us to live now, is somebody giving all a grace period to get to that point? Because if somebody's died and you're not in a good headspace and you're immediately wailing, you know, because I'm just saying, I don't think it's like all, I'm not saying like it's all black and white, don't get me wrong in mm -hmm. that regard, but like, you know, grief is grief. And grief that is comes so that's at, why at many different it's a very levels. important thing for the family to be, uh, I don't want to say perfect, but prepared. A following Muslim family. Okay. If you follow the teachings, and if you understand, I know it's very hard, because I experienced it. But my responsibility, if I'm at that time, I remember when my father-in-law died. I immediately started remembering, reminding my family members, my in-laws, this is God's destiny on us. You have to say what is commanded in the Quran. When we face a tragedy like this, we say Inna Lillah. We belong to Allah. Wa inna ilayhi rajiun, and to Him is the return. So everybody immediately started remembering. There's a verse in the Quran that says, uh, Those who are faced with the calamity, 
to say inna lillah wa inna ilayhi raji'un. So we're, to remind them that we're all headed that way. There's so no need. So it reminds the people, hey, you're the vessel too. You know, this guy's, I mean, you know, this guy's he's gone. He's, he's already, it's already been taken care of. You, on the other hand. Yeah, you have to be patient. <laughs> Even though it's hard. You, sure, you know, I, these are emotions that we have. Yeah. We cannot hide our emotions. We will cry. We will yeah. weep. But do it in a manner that does not contradict with the teachings of Islam. You cannot scream and, and yell and, and complain, God, why did you do I see this? What you're you know, why us? Why well, this did goes you back to that infidelity, man. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, just accept what God has I ordained. I understand why that's us. that first pillar. <laughs> yes, yes. It's a lot, a, lot, a lot of you, know, you have to obey. That this is the. This is life. We're all gonna die. But the main thing is that we die, as good people, die as good Muslims, the people that submitted to God's will. What are you doing here? For the, uh, I mean, I see that people can come and watch uh, services here, um, you know, for the community. But I've always got a sense too, uh, as Islam is very uh, charitable. I don't know if that's the, even the right word. Can you repeat the question? I don't even know if it's a question. <laughs> it might even be a statement. So you got distracted. <laughs> um, because I've always had a sense of community is really strong within the the Muslim faith and uh, and it doesn't matter if you're a Muslim or not when it comes to that and so just because you know hey it's free advertisement for this podcast uh, you know what is this center did I say that right this time? yeah the center yeah. what is uh, or society what is the Islamic Society of Colorado Springs is there anything that you guys do for community outreach that, I mean, advertisement doesn't seem to be your guys' main theme around here, but. <laughs> well, okay, let me, let me put it that way. We have a big responsibility, especially in America. The image of Islam is not the right image. The reputation of Islam, as you see on TV, you, they only accuse the Muslims and Islam as a religion of hate, like I said. The religion of intolerance, being intolerant, doesn't tolerate women, doesn't tolerate, and this is all like untrue about the true teachings of Islam. If I truly believe in all religions, I, I truly believe that they all came from the same source. God did not create us all to be in conflict with one another. And actually, there's a verse in the Quran that says God created us in many different shapes and forms and nationalities and religions so you, we may know one another. And this is the wisdom of Allah or the wisdom of God that he created us different to see how we interact with one another. So I go back to that we have a very big responsibility here in America. And that's to remove the misconceptions about the Islamic faith. Islam is not hate. The God of the Muslims is not different than the God of the Christians or the, or the Jews or the God that created everyone. He created us to love one another, practice whatever you wanna practice. But at the end of the day, it is yet that personal relationship that you have between you and God. 
don't know how you're just not exhausted with it. I just personally, uh, I, I just don't. I mean, I, again, very visual podcast people here. Neil's not really all that exhausted. And he just had no surgery for the love of God. Sinus surgery. <laughs> you know. But yeah, yesterday, but I would we be, had. I would be, just because it's me and I've got problems, man, I would be really. Okay, life. On, on defense. Life is about working hard to build your hereafter. I'm concerned. I want to. I want to make money. I want to have. I want to be successful. But I praise God that I own my own business and I set my own hours. I work from home, so I I can have free time to do this, to do outreach work. And there's a lot of members of our community, of people that go do presentations in churches, uh, the synagogue, and other places. And we have outreach with the hospitals. Does public schools? ask for help or yeah, ask for yeah, information? Yeah, actually, yesterday I presented to 50, 50 high, schools, high school students that th their administration wanted to teach the kids about being prejudiced and about something that they've never heard of. So we talked about terrorism. We talked about uh, equality between men and women and that women in Islam, Allah gave them the right to be equal to men. But now the man is built different than the woman have different responsibilities and roles than we're heck even in America. You know, you argue about the pay in companies. You I know, argue about, you know, how, how men are... My right, MJ, Mike. <laughs> how men are paid more, you know, there's equality in this country, you know. Uh, women cannot be presidents yet, yeah. you know. Hillary was defeated yeah. because people still think I that said, women could not be. I said we're not going to get into that. Well, uh, <laughs> we'll see next time. <laughs> but let's, let, you know, men and women are created equal. There's different roles and responsibilities. We're built different as far as the, the physical built of the man is different than the woman. The man is in charge of the household. You go out, you work, you bring money. The woman has to raise, she has a big role of raising the next generation. What about single moms in the Muslim faith? Unfortunately, they're, they're there. I'm like, yeah. But it's. But that's the, the community. The, then the community has to step in. The community has to step up and, and take care and offer the support, the emotional support. But again, does it, is it, is it, do we do it here in Colorado Springs? Unfortunately, we don't because we don't have the resources. We try what we can. You, know. you can only do what you can do. Exactly. But as far as your question, what do we do as far as an outreach? Mm -hmm. We're doing the best we can. We do open houses to invite the people whenever we can. We just did an event after the New Zealand shooting, and we invited many organizations. We had people from government, state, city, county, churches, the synagogues in town. Did they contact you, or did you have... Did people contact See, you the good thing is we had relationship with you the... You have it built up. We had it built up throughout the years. And again, it's not me that I'm coming to... And by the way, I serve as the president of the Islamic Society since January. So I think that I have a, a, a bigger role and I have a responsibility. For? You know, we don't until have Until they turn. let somebody else in? Exactly. Until I start screwing up. <laughs> until they say, you know what? Busy. You know what? I You're not doing your job. <laughs> So <laughs> it's that Detroit analogy you're telling me three times. <laughs> and you're out. To Detroit. So maybe maybe I get for a year or two to try to build the community, and we're trying to build a, another center uh, here in town. Um, 
in Colorado Springs that will house more people, about at least 800 people. You would keep this one too? We'll or? keep that one because this is very centralized. Okay. And the other one will be on the northeast side of town. And that would be a mosque also? A mosque also. So this one will be built as a mosque. How, much, how many people in the community do you, would you say roughly? Okay, on Friday we have about 120 to 150. And that's the big day. Big day, men and women that come and worship on Friday. On the big festival, which is right after Ramadan, we have to do it at an event center, and there's about six, 700 people that come on that day. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So where are these people yeah. throughout the year? Well, that's any, that's any faith, yeah. right? Yeah, that's true. That's always the... It's always the Easter, like everybody heads to church on Easter. I just eat ham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't eat ham. At the, at the <laughs> well, that's why yeah. maybe it, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's probably yeah. why I never thought the mo the Muslim faith was for me. I was well, also you a big, do, I was also a big drinker in my day. Well, you could do. Uh, <laughs> so uh, you guys really? I I'll, can eat bacon and I can. Let me tell you this: I'm you could sorry. do turkey bacon. You could no, do beef no, bacon. No, you can't. Trust me, if somebody's had uh, bacon, you can't do turkey. And then you could do zero alcohol no, beer. No, no, see, you couldn't. You couldn't back then. Not I do. Today I could. Today I could. But then, uh. Yeah, we have some people that drink zero alcohol. Not the one you get from Walmart, because it still have zero, three percent of alcohol. Yeah. So, no, there, there are other brands that yeah, are brewed without alcohol. Might as well drink water in my book, but whatever. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, well, I'm going to make sure I'm still recording this, Zary, because we keep doing that. Yeah. That's a minute. Um, so I want I just want to thank you so much for taking your time uh, letting a guy come here who's kind of an idiot with this religion and uh, have a conversation uh, tell me your experiences um, it's very important to me that you took time to do this and um, because time is limited in my case unfortunately to everybody well, it's an to all, everybody you know I could die before you I don't even think that way God only knows how long you'll live. Yeah, but my, you my might have that pious son, though, going for you, and I well, don't have that. Well, so. how about this? Uh, <laughs> I, I invite you to join the Muslim faith to accept Allah. Well, I have one question before uh, you invite me. Before you invite, like me, before you invite me, though, you I have one question. If it just happened just right now, yes. if I passed right now as I'm talking to you, um, then what happens? Because I, here's somebody in my life, I've not known any of this. So what happens if you to pass me? right this moment and I had no no working, you know, within your religion, what happens to me? That's a tough one. I'm That's guessing. a tough one. But do I get we, do I get paradise or well, do I get fire? If you don't accept God as the creator. But I never did. And you've never did. But let's just say now I learned a lot today. Let's say I never had this conversation with you and I passed. You know, so what happens to me within your religious I will ask everybody this question. Sure, yeah, I understand. Most of the time I get to fire. If you... <laughs> uh, that's why I am, uh, I'm inviting you to, to, uh, to accept... It's okay if I get to fire. I to accept it. God. And again, I've been to Ohio. Listen, I understand. One thing in my faith, that no man or woman have the right to say you are going to hell or going to heaven. I absolutely... God might see something in your heart that I as a human being don't know about it. Mm. And if God wants you to go to heaven, you will go to heaven, regardless of what you have done in your life. Even let's say, you, I'm not saying you killed and you did and you did, but you have not done anything good in your life. You just lived a man by yourself, you just in your own house and you never involved with people and never, 
socialized with people, God might have seen something in your heart that will decide or make a decision that Ed is a good person. And I'll give you an example before the time is up. Sure. Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, told us about a woman that lived in the old times. She was a prostitute. I like her already. And she was in the desert. She was so thirsty. She went down to a well and she drank water. When she came out, she saw a dog and he was thirsty and she talked to herself and she said, he must have, he must be in the same condition that I was in. She went back, filled up her shoe with water and gave it to that dog. Allah Almighty forgave her her sins and admitted her into heaven. And she had no experience. Nothing none. whatsoever. But because of a single good deed that she has done in her life, Allah put her in paradise. So again, it's always that internal vessel thing. On the contrary, there was an obedient woman that lived and prayed and did all the good things. She imprisoned a cat. She would not let her eat and she would not let her even feed her. She would not give her water. Animal cruelty. And Allah threw her, threw her or decreed that she will be in hellfire because of her action. So that internal feeling, the mercy and the love that you have in your heart, even towards animals. So imagine if you have that feeling towards your fellow mankind. Mm -hmm. So me today in the house of God, I cannot say that you will end up in hellfire. But God put some rules, and there's always exceptions to the rules. Sure. God say, in order to achieve heaven or go to paradise, you have to accept him. But I, here today, cannot say that you are going to hellfire. Well, they wrote it in your Quran. If you just told me that story, that was one of the things. So it's just to say, hey, at the end of the day, I'm not, again, gets back to that infidelity kind of thing. I'm not the one that says, I know what God's doing. If That's I do right. that, then I'm in trouble. Uh -huh. And unfortunately, there are people like ISIS and Al-Qaeda <coughs> and all of these guys that come up and say, everybody's going to hellfire unless you follow our methodology in following Islam. Heck, if they put their hands on me today, they'll kill me. I've met some Methodists that feel the same way about we have, by the way, we have very good relationship with our brothers and sisters at the Methodist faith. Yeah. So do I. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, you know, it's in, you, you can get way off track I, and I all have these to protect my But unfortunately, in your religion, you have some really high-profile ones that are way off track. I know. I know. <laughs> and I'm sorry for that. Yeah. We know, are sorry, because, too. But uh, that's why we have a responsibility of showing people what Islam is about. So if you're listening to this podcast today, I truly invite you to come and visit the mosque. If you don't live in Colorado Springs or wherever you are, just Google mosque in your city and go in, make, make a phone call, send an email like Ed did and say, I would like to visit the mosque. I'm arrogant about Islam. I don't know anything about it and I would like for you guys to I teach I never me. said I was arrogant about Islam. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that about yourself, but you know, if you don't know anything about Islam, just say, I would like to learn something about it. I wanna know whether, is, is, is it true that Islam endorses killing is it islam mm -hmm. you know all the things that you hear about in the media sure just teach yourself yeah. enlighten yourself i mean it, it, i think it's important for everybody to do that in, in anything you don't know if you're
you're supposed to be doing. You know, it, that ignorance is just, it's no excuse in my, in my book. You gotcha. know, it's, it's no excuse anymore. And, and a lot of the, the just crazy ideas I hear, I'm like, how are you, how do you even believe that that's I the know, truth? Because that's insane. Yeah. And, and, you know, and that's why uh, I'm grateful that uh, I do have a lot of time to do what I'm doing right now with you. Sure. So if you want to come back, have a conversation. I'll make I'm going to come back maybe for one of those Ramadan meals. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll with that, I'm like, oh, man, that's way late at night. <laughs> I know. I'll let you interview people, sit down and talk to other people, but it'll be so loud in here. <laughs> sure. And I would like to uh, gift you a copy of the Quran. Sure. Take Thanks. the time to read it. You might find something in it that will suit you. Sure. Sure, I will. Thank you so much, Camille. And I can't get your last name again. What was El Wazir. El Wazir. Did I get it? Yes. El Wazir. Thanks so much. Until next episode. Thank you.